Yeah, there's about a million stairs and I'll check out videos and photos and I'll be good. And so when I was asked to go to Machu Picchu, I kind of laughed and was like, yeah, okay, where are we really going to go? And they said, no, I'm serious. My name is Kelly Edwards, and this is Let's Go Together, a podcast from Travel and Leisure. Our show is all about the ways travel connects us and what happens when you don't let anything stop you from seeing the world. My guest today is Jesse Belauer. He's a champion surfer, an inspirational speaker, and the founder of an organization called Life Rolls On, which provides opportunities for people with disabilities to surf and skateboard. He was paralyzed in a surfing accident as a teenager and now uses a wheelchair to get around. Jesse was barely 10 years old when he hit the competitive surfing circuit. In the three decades since, he's worn out a few passports, living the kind of experiences many of us can only dream about. Jesse grew up in the Pacific Palisades, and like a lot of his neighbors in Southern California, he couldn't resist the pull of the ocean. He was a junior lifeguard before he discovered the thrill of riding waves while standing up. At first, I started boogie boarding, laying down, you know, just getting used to the ocean, used to the waves. And then one of my good friend's dad said, hey, do you guys want to try surfing? And we thought that would be fun. That'd be pretty cool. So we tried it, fell in love with it, pushed the boogie board to the side at about nine, ten years old. Jesse was hooked. He started surfing almost every day. By junior high, he was talented enough that sponsors started calling, and he began to compete in surf contests up and down the California coast. As a kid, to get free clothing, to travel, how could you say no? It was like the best experience ever. By high school, his passion was poised to become an actual job and take him all over the world. By 15, 16, I was one of the top surfers in the country looking to turn professional. I was fortunate enough to be able to travel and see the world with my parents. But then when I started surfing and my sponsors started to like pay for my travel to different contests around the world, I actually traveled just with friends and mentors and my parents stayed home. And that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet not having that watchful eye over you <laughs> while traveling when you're young, that's for sure. Yeah. And then that's when the accident happened when you were 17, shortly before you were going to turn pro? Yeah. So my birthday is February 24th and I got hurt March 25th, a month after my 17th birthday. And pretty much that year is when I was going to be turning professional. The accident. In Jesse's life, it drew a clear line between before and after. Sun was out, the waves were good, and I invited some of my friends to meet me at the beach before school. Luckily, I convinced my school to allow me to have first period independent study, a.k.a. surfing. And that was awesome, which I was like, this is cool because let's be real. If the waves are good, surfers are going to be late to their first period. So why not help them out and put independent study first period? I, was, I guess I, I had a good debate, good argument, and it worked. So I got to the beach. Waves were firing paddled out, friends started showing up, took off on a wave, pulled inside the barrel, came out, wave hit me in my back. I went head first into the water. I thought it was deeper than it was, but I guess I hit a shallow sandbar with my head and my whole body just went limp, numb, tingly. Super strange, really weird. And um, all I was doing was floating there face down in the water 
trying to hold my breath, waiting for a wave to turn me over. And when it did, I knew that was my chance to call for help. All my friends thought I was joking around. You know, I was like, I was one of the top surfers in the country. Like, why am I yelling for help? But when they saw me, they realized, whoa, whoa, like something's wrong. So two of my friends came over and held me, pulled me up on the beach. Oh, my goodness. And when I laid there, I just knew something was really wrong. And I was scared. Jesse broke his spinal cord when he hit the sandbar. He lost the use of his legs and had limited control over his arms and hands. But despite that traumatic experience, the ocean was still his happy place. He couldn't wait to ride a wave again, and he knew there had to be a way. Can you tell me about the first time you got back on a surfboard after the accident? Because what I find so beautiful about your story is that you didn't let this life-changing accident stop you from pursuing what you love to do. Yeah, yeah. So it was about three years after my accident that I got back into the water. It was more because nobody was really doing it. I didn't know what equipment I needed or how I was going to do it. I wanted to also, you know, be a little stronger. So it took time. It was really emotional. I had a lot of energy going through my body. I was really excited, really nervous. But it was a beautiful experience to be able to have that wind, the water on my face. And I was tired for like a week after. What was the process like? And what do you most remember about from that day? The process was just trying to find the right equipment to do it. I didn't really know how to make it work. So a professional surfer by the name of Rob Machado, who's one of my friends, we talked about it. And then he talked to a shaper, which is a guy named Al Merrick, one of the best shapers in the world. And and they made this board. And then we put these straps by the rail, which I could wedge my elbows into, which would allow me to lay on my stomach and prop myself up. And they would push me into the wave and and it worked. So that was shocking by itself, but it was pretty fun. For almost 20 years, Jesse's been working to give other people with paralysis the same opportunities through his foundation. Life rolls on. We put on quality of life events where we take people with various disabilities, surfing and skateboarding. It's about allowing people to get out of their wheelchairs when it's when we surf to feel what I felt, which was that freedom, that independence that they may have lost from an injury. They create friendships. They create long lasting relationships. The Life Rolls On website features beautiful video footage of Jesse, the defending world champion of adaptive surfing, on his longboard, wearing a helmet and a wetsuit, skimming the waves under a clear blue sky. Life has taught Jesse a lot about adaptation. With the right equipment and support, he kept collecting stamps in his passport. But a destination that seemed to define the word inaccessible beckoned to him. Machu Picchu. Yeah, there's about a million stairs and I'll check out videos and photos and I'll be good. And so when I was asked to go to Machu Picchu, I kind of laughed and was like, yeah, okay, where are we really going to go? And they said, no, I'm serious. We'll tell you how he made it happen after the break.
Welcome back to Let's Go Together from Travel and Leisure. I'm your host, Kelly Edwards. My guest, Jesse Belauer, is a world-class adventurer, an athlete to the bone, a risk taker. He established his Life Rules on Foundation on September 11, 2001. But he never expected an adaptive travel company called Will the World to invite him to Machu Picchu, an ancient indigenous city in the mountains of Peru. It's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. If you've ever seen a picture of it, you know it's got epic views, adorable llamas, and of course, stairs on stairs on stairs. But luckily, Will the World is all about making amazing destinations accessible to everyone, including wheelchair users. And a video crew from Travel and Leisure was there to document it all. And I was like, okay, I'm game. Like, they're going to take care of the logistics. All I got to do is show up, smile, and have a good time and, and have an experience that I never thought was possible. I didn't do a lot of research, to be honest with you. I just kind of went into it blindly. You sound like me. Yeah. It hit me pretty hard on day one, though. I really, I didn't know what altitude sickness really was until day one when we were in Cusco. And man, it was, it was difficult. Like, just felt tired. I felt like I had a headache. Just needed to rest a little bit and, you know, acclimate to it. But I didn't know anything about that. So that was tough. The next day, it was time to get to work. Exploring dirt country roads on a bike powered not with his legs, but with his hands. We went on like an arm bike mission and saw the beautiful mountains all around. And then I think day three, we took, you know, like a bus and then a train and then another bus up to Machu Picchu. And it was an, ex you know, it was work. It was like, like I say, like they, like this was the true planes, trains, and automobiles. I've actually been to Machu Picchu twice. And as a fully able-bodied person, I can tell you, traversing that landscape at that altitude for hours is very taxing on the body, <laughs> period. Yeah, no matter how fit you are. And like, it was like, wow. So the journey was beautiful, hard work. When I got there, I had three guys that helped me up these stairs, helped me around Machu Picchu. They don't allow you to go everywhere, but the places that they do allow you to go was still super amazing, super beautiful, peaceful. And I'm always surrounded by people. So I asked for them to give me my space, come back in 30 minutes. So I'd be posting up on certain spots throughout you know, the, the, the land just to be able to soak it in with nobody around. So what did it feel like when you were able to have those moments by yourself, you know, for the 30 minutes of solitude in the different spaces? What was it like to reach the top? Well, at that time, I was kind of going through a lot mentally, just in my life. I had a lot going on in my life. So I was trying to, like, get out of my headspace and into the beauty of of my location and where I was and just the holiness of it and the spiritualness of it and the, the scenery. We all have our own struggles, you know? We all have our own things that we go through in our lives that nobody knows about. And everyone looks at things and thinks you're perfect or thinks you're having a beautiful life or you're at Machu Picchu and nothing's, how can anything be wrong in your life? Sometimes it's not true, you know? And you do have to allow yourself to open up, to exhale, to even 
let that stuff out and then breathe in the good life. Absolutely. I always say that travel is it's a form of escapism from your everyday troubles and worries. And it's also a place to find yourself and find a foundation within yourself that is necessary to feel comfortable with proceeding with life. You know, travel is really a different type of medicine for different people. And most of the time it is extremely positive. Since Jesse's trip to Machu Picchu was featured in a video by Travel and Leisure, he's heard from a lot of other travelers who are paralyzed. They ask me everything about it. It's a dream. It's a bucket list. And, you know, they, they feel like they can do it now. And I try to explain to them that they're going to need a lot of help and t- talk to these people, these people. And they're excited. You know, they thought it was impossible. When you see videos of people doing it, that's inspiring. And that mot- motivates them to actually go out there and do it themselves. Everyone who's disabled should have the exact same right to travel, to see beautiful places, to experience new experiences, the same as an able-bodied person. Yeah, it's going to take a little bit more preparation, more help, but it should be possible, you know? Accessibility and cultural attitudes to disability, it varies country by country. How have your experiences been in in different places? Honestly, it, it varies people to people, way more than it does country to country, city to city. It's all about people to people, man. You can't let one bad seed ruin a city, a state, a country. Yeah, no, it's it's way, way fine-tooth combed, way more than that. You know what I mean? So I also realize that people have other things in their life, and they might have a bad day, and they might say something they don't mean, or they they might they might just be mean. And But the person next to them might be super nice. I mean, there's people that come up to me all over trying to, if I need help up the hill or up the stairs, and I see other people walk by, and they're in the exact same city. So I never cast a shadow on a on a population. Jesse, that answer was beautiful. Like it's that's real right there. That's absolutely true. It is a person to person thing. You you have a tribe, a travel tribe that you seem to move around with. What is it like, and who do you choose to travel with when you go out? I kind of have to travel with my caregiver and depending on where I travel is if I need a help with surfing or something, then I'll take a friend. I love traveling with my dad just because he's mellow and easy and he wants to see the world too. What can the travel industry do to be more inclusive of travelers with disabilities? Oh, wow. Well, I feel like with the internet these days, the best way is putting out videos, content to show people the experience to relax their mind, to to show them that it's possible. I think that's huge. Like if you see somebody else do it, it becomes obtainable and not impossible. And that right there is motivating. What travel advice do you have for people with disabilities? I tell people to be patient and have fun and plan for bumps in the road, plan for things that might not go well, but just block out some time, do research and go into it with an open heart, open mind. And try to try to find people in that area that have are in similar situations that have maybe been there, done that, so you can see what it's all about. Where are some of the places that you've been surfing around the world? Australia, Hawaii, Mexico, 
El Salvador, Nicaragua, Fiji. Morocco was an amazing, yeah, one of my favorite trips ever was Morocco too. That was fun. Why is that? I went with Jason Mraz, you know, the musician. We had a great time. We got to surf. He played some music. We're friends. And it was just cool, like to see a different culture, a different vibe. It was like the desert meets the sea. And it was just a cool experience. What's it like to connect with uh, other local surfers in these communities? It's the best when you connect with people in those areas. They're experts. They know where to go, what to do, where to be. And that's important, you know, and you want people that know the lay of the land so that they can create the best experiences for you. Are there any interesting differences in the surfing culture? Yes and no. They're all just laid back, open-minded. They're trying to find the best waves and be mellow and stoked and share the love for the most part. Where do you want to go next? To be honest with you, I have twin boys that are two and a half years old. And so for me, just experiencing things through their eyes and to see them excited and happy and to like see new things is beautiful. I really want to go to Seattle or something and see the killer whales off the coast. I want to go to Alaska to see the nature and to fish. Those things are so close to home, but I've never been. Are there misconceptions that people have about you or other quadriplegics or with people who have disabilities in general? What else would you like people to know? Um, Yeah, a lot of people just write us off and say, like, he's in a wheelchair. Like, how's he going to do this, this, this? Surfing, skating, fishing, skydiving, traveling, having a family, having kids, making love, all those things. I mean, there's a lot of misconceptions. And um, like I said, we're all the same. It just takes us a little bit longer to do certain things. Yeah, we can't do some things here and there. But where there's a will, there's a way. And unconditional love can take you anywhere. Awesome. Thank you, Jesse. That's Jesse Belauer the world champion of adaptive surfing and the founder of Life Rolls On. You can learn more about his work at liferollson.org. And that's all for this episode of Let's Go Together, a podcast by Travel and Leisure. I'm your host, Kelly Edwards. Big thanks to our production team at Pod People, Rachel King, Eliza Lambert, Susie Armitage, Lena Beck-Sillison, and Cheryl Duvall. This show was recorded in Los Angeles, edited in New York City, and can be found wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more at travelandleisure.com slash podcast. You can find Travel and Leisure on Instagram at Travel and Leisure, on Twitter at Travel Leisure, and on TikTok at Travel and Leisure Mag. And if you're looking for me, I'm Kelly Set Go Everywhere. And that's Kelly with two E's on the end.